Hey friends, it's Brittany. This is Humble Yoke, and I'm really glad that you're here. I wanted to stop in um, while I have screaming kids in the other room, a dog that won't lay still, a mind that's racing, and tell you that today is a pretty important day, and we're all in this together. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's a very heavy day on my heart. But I wanted to let you know, excuse me, that this Holy Week, more than any other Holy Week, um, has definitely changed my heart. And like I said, I'm just a girl with a Bible, and I've gone through this and learned this week while you were learning too. And I had great intentions for walking you through this this week. But can I tell you, God really walked through this week with me and I was convicted of some sin in my life and um, I've felt the enemy pressing in and I've realized just how much I cannot do this alone. Um, Last night, I kind of reached my breaking point and um, I got back home from taking my daughter to her ice skating lesson. And like a crazy person, I was trying to hurry up and put some shoes on and change my clothes and all of that so I could leave. I needed to run. I needed that freedom. I needed to feel like I was a wild Mustang in a wide open field. I needed to run. And as I was running out of my house, my husband hugged me and kissed me and I ran to my mom minivan and I was like, God, why do I always have to run? Why do I need to run? Why is it that life itself just feels so heavy and I just need to run sometimes? And I don't feel like I got an answer, but I was able to really connect with God in a raw, visceral, crying, messy kind of way. And... I did feel like he was just riding there with me, just silently listening like a good father does. And and sometimes I think that's what it's all about. He just wants us to remember who he is and that it's his job to be that shoulder we need to cry on. And sometimes we need to remember that he is our father at the end of all of it. But today is Friday. And what Good Friday symbolizes is something pretty big. And I really want to encourage you to go pick up your Bible and read about Good Friday. Um, The thought of that uh, is so heavy on me. And what this weekend represents is so heavy on me. And it means so much to me. And this walk through this week of Holy Week has been a lot to help shape my faith. Mommy, that one's a leg muscle. Okay, go play. Go play. See, this is real life happening here. <laughs> so, but this week has definitely helped to mold my faith in a stronger way. And to help me come head to head with myself. And to be self-convicted. Um and pay attention to the signs and to believe if I've received it, I really have. And to understand when I'm trying to be made strong rather than set up for failure. 
But I wanted to read something to you because this definitely helps capture my heart and the grand intentions I had for the podcast this week. Um, Yeah, but these are not my words. This is actually a Facebook post from Annie F. Downs. Um, I like to think of her as a distant mentor or a distant sister that I look up to um, because just how light she is and she is the host of the podcast that sounds fun um and she just I love the way she brings her perspective of God and how she is so serious about her relationship with God um I just love the way that she communicates all this stuff but she made this post on Facebook and um, I'm assuming she was in Israel because she has a picture of a plaque um, with Matthew 26:39 on it. Um, but she said this, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and this is so my heart because I had big intentions for Lent and the Holy Week and all the things. I wasted Lent. It's been a wildly busy few months. This isn't even a swimming duck situation where it seemed calm on top, but kicking legs under the water. It's been flapping wings and kicking legs and a few cuts in my webbed feet kind of season. I wish I would have prayed more and read more and listened more. I wish I would have done Lent better. I haven't been waking up well. My sleep has been weird and the mornings have been hard. I've been more frustrated than connected and more tired than hopeful. Three years ago, Lent changed my life, and I feel like every year I'm trying to live up to 2018 again, and when it doesn't feel like it's happening, I feel like a failure. So here we are on the night Jesus was betrayed, and I feel a pit in my stomach over it. I guess I've always been more like Peter than I want. Sigh. So for any of us who have reached this weekend with less and not more, with brokenness and not growth, With more failure than success, may we encounter a risen Savior this weekend. May we leave Maundy Thursday as Peter of the Gospels and finish Easter Sunday as Peter in Acts. Not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus did. He is risen indeed. And I feel that completely. Um, I, I think about how this week, what I've been convicted of is my own sin having to do with the way I've responded to me being betrayed by somebody I thought was going to be a dear friend in my life. And it hurt so bad. And it's been an ongoing battle for months. But casting a sin on someone else or directed at someone else doesn't make the sin that they did to you any better. Seeking retribution never makes you feel fully satisfied. Because that's the thing. It ends up making you look like a fool. And we're supposed to leave the justice to God. Because when a human sins, that's not our business. Like I told my kids yesterday, my son told me, when I think about being in the clouds and space and all of that, it really scares me. And I said, I completely understand what you mean because I felt the same way as a kid when I would look at the clouds, everything beyond the clouds and everything that I couldn't see and everything that was higher than my reach scared me. And I'm still that way as an adult 
but the height and the spaces and the depth and the gravity just all looks different. And it's not the cosmic wonders of creation or existence or infinity. It's circumstances on this earth that hold me down as gravity. Those are the things that scare me. The things that I see are the things that scare me. The things that I can't control scare me. The things that I don't know that are going to happen next, that may possibly happen next, and the things that may not happen, that scares me. But I told him, beyond what you can see in the space, in the clouds, in the environment around you, that's God's business. So don't you worry your head about that. That's exactly what I told him. And how that preaches to my soul even. Last night when we got home from skate practice, I was so overwhelmed carrying the weight of this sin rather than giving it to God. Rather than trying to learn the lesson and then moving on and being better. And staying away from the feeling of needing to control the circumstance so I knew that I wasn't being betrayed again. All of that completely overwhelmed me. Hang on a second. I'll be there in a second. Okay, I'll be there in a second. Again, guys, doing real life here. (laughs) This is me bringing my messy. But we were sitting in the car and I was trying to explain to them that mommy is about to lose her marbles and I'm trying real hard not to explode. But... The analogy or example came out to me about a Ziploc bag. I said, okay, guys, let's talk about this. Your body keeps score and it's kind of like a Ziploc bag. What happens when you fill too much in the bag? And my four-year-old daughter said, "Um, well, it gets too heavy. And my son said it gets too heavy. And I said, well, what do you have to do? And they're like, you got to take some out. And I was like, exactly, you have to take some out so it can do its intended purpose. But I was like, let's, let's unpack this a little more. What happens to a Ziploc bag when you fill it with too much? And my daughter said, it pops. And at that point, my son was just over mommy's philosophical conversations because this happens all the time. She's like, it pops. And I was like, exactly. If you fill it too much, it pops, it explodes. And we went on and on and on with these examples. But what we what we talked about was if you fill a Ziploc bag too much, it can't close. It can't work with its intended purpose. If you fill it too much, it will pop. The integrity, the structural integrity is gone. And if you fill it too much, then you have to take some out. And isn't that the same We fill so much into our schedules, into our soul, and we can't operate in the intention that we're created for. So I hope this week you realize, or even today, if you're just hopping in here, today was huge for the time that Jesus was on this earth. You know, beyond him, you know, being tried and having to hang on the cross, which is huge. I'm not discounting that by any means. But for me today, because this meets me in such a relevant space, 
the betrayal of the people that were walking with him, he still chose them. And knowing full well what was going to happen, he still chose them. And he tried to teach them. He tried to guide them. He allowed them to be part of this walk that he was on on this earth. Peter denied him three times. And Jesus told him, this is going to happen. And he says, my Lord, no, it won't. No, it won't. I would never deny you. And then he does. And he's transformed from this whole process. And we know that the ultimate betrayal, the person couldn't handle the weight of it. So that person could not operate with their structural integrity in place because of the weight of their sin, because of the the betrayal. They just couldn't handle the weight. And that's the same with us. Why are we carrying someone else's sins and then going back for a second helping of our own? Let this week transform you in a way that never has. Open your book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's all over there. There's four different accounts of what happened during Holy Week. And while I would love to cover every piece of it, I tried to just touch on the highlights. Um, And then, you know, I couldn't even keep up with that because this week was really heavy. But to do a quick run through, day one is when Jesus entered Jerusalem. Day two, it was when Jesus cleared the temple. The religious leaders were basically using it as a a marketing or a market house (laughs) rather than a house of prayer. On day three, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives with his people um, they passed the, uh, the fig tree along the way. Um, as he was going to the temple, he cursed the fig tree. He looked in the distance, saw that it was in bloom, but it was bearing no fruit. And he wanted to use that as an example of if we do not have faith, we are not fruitful. And he cast it dead. And as they were coming back, they saw that the fig tree had withered up and Jesus spoke on um, the comparison of that to our faith and how important our faith is. And if we believe, then we will receive. Um, While they were going back to the Mount of Olives, back at the temple, the religious leaders were still really upset with Jesus because they didn't know how he had authority to be there doing what he was doing. And as we read in there, um, you know, they they had come together saying, if if we say certain things, then the people will know the truth and then they will stone us. They wanted their power. They wanted their control. Um, So they thought the only way to not be exposed was to eradicate the whole premise of Jesus. And so they began the plot to kill him. But obviously at that time, this would have had to have been brought to trial. And it would have been where a judge ruled Jesus guilty. So if you pick up your Bible, it comes to a situation where it's either release Barabbas, I think that's how you pronounce his name, or release Jesus, and they chose to crucify Jesus rather than releasing him. So obviously the joke was on them because they released the wrong guy. Um, so day four of Holy Week 
was Holy Wednesday. Now, it's believed that this day during um, Holy Week or Passion Week, whichever you refer to it, um, some scholars believe that because of the intense days before Wednesday, that this was basically um, a day of rest for Jesus and the disciples. Um, I am not uh, privy to anything beyond that, but that is something while I was researching um, that scholars were speculating that this was just a day of rest. All right, day five, which is um, Passover and the Last Supper, or also referred to as Maundy Thursday. This was the day where um, Jesus took communion with the men and um, he washed their feet. He wrapped a towel around his waist and he got to his knees and he washed their feet. And he told them, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you've got it all wrong because walking with God is a life of being a servant and to be humble. And you got to also think back then these people were like not wearing shoes most likely, or the shoes that they would be wearing were like sandals basically. And their feet were probably pretty gross. And so the thought was, you know, like your Lord, why are you washing our feet? We should be washing yours. But he said, it's about being humble. And this is one of the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not humble, but, um, I I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but (laughs) it is one of the most humble gestures to wash someone's feet. I mean, that it's kind of obvious, um, you know, it's, it's feet. (laughs) So anyway, um, but you know, this was the night where we discover, um, this ultimate betrayal on Jesus. And so he says, you know, um, the person that will take this is the person who is going to betray me. So um, we know that this was Judas and he says, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. So after Judas takes the offering, he goes out and tells the leaders about Jesus. And um, we know it's it's not long until Jesus is tried and he's hung on a cross. Day six was the trial, crucifixion, and the death and burial on Good Friday. So Good Friday is anything but good in my heart. Um, it's, it's the worst day of Holy Week. Um, this is when Jesus, like I said, is tried. Um, he is determined to be put to death. They release the wrong guy and convict the wrong guy. And he hangs on a cross and, and that was it for us as Jesus walking on earth. Um, they say that around 3 PM is when Jesus took his last breath and died. And by 6 PM Friday evening, um, Nicodemus and Joseph took Jesus's body down from the cross and prepared it in a tomb. Now, Nicodemus and Joseph were two pretty prominent men, and they had been claiming that they didn't follow Jesus, but secretly they did. They believed that he was the Messiah. So when it came to preparing his body to be put in the tomb, they put spices and flowers and things like that 
and they made sure that he had a proper burial in terms at that point in time. So they handled all of that. Um, you can check Friday's events in Matthew chapter 27 verses 1 through 62, Mark chapter 15, 1 through 47, Luke chapter 22 verses 63 through 23 and also 56, and John chapter 18, 28 through 19 and 37. Oh, wait a minute. No, I'm so sorry. I'm totally reading my notes wrong. <laughs> Forgive me, guys. Um, okay, so Mark chapter 15, verse 1 through 47. Luke chapter 22, verse 63 through chapter 23, verse 56. And John chapter 18, verse 28 through 19, verse 37. I am so sorry, guys. Please forgive me. Um, but that's where you can find Friday's events. Um in the Bible. Now, I'm going to go ahead and cover uh, Saturday and Sunday because, I mean, it's highly likely I'm not going to be able to get back in here. Um, but Saturday in the tomb, um, Jesus's body was laid in the tomb um, where Roman soldiers had guarded him through the whole day of Saturday, um, which was the Sabbath. And when the Sabbath ended around 6 p.m., Christ's body was treated with spices and things like that. Like I said, Nicodemus and Joseph took care of all of this stuff. Um, similarly, they both were, um, they were very deeply affected by Christ's death. And like I said, they came out of hiding. Um, they had very prominent reputations. Um, and I mean, this could have been a big deal for their life, but, um, Christ made a mark on their life and they boldly came forward and they gave him a proper burial. Um, now on day eight, which is Sunday, which is Easter, um, this is resurrection Sunday and on resurrection Sunday or Easter, um, this is the, the whole like bow tied cherry on top event of Holy week. Um, this was the resurrection of Jesus and it's the most important event of the Christian faith. And this, because he was the first person who claimed to be the Messiah and actually pulled it off. This is what the Christian faith hangs their hat on or we hang our hat on. This is how our faith is shaped. And this is how we believe that Jesus Christ was the son of God. Um, early Sunday morning, several women, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, um, I think the name is Salome, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, and Mary, the mother of James, um, they all went to the tomb and they discovered that he was no longer there, but there was an angel that announced, don't be afraid. And this is in Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses five through six. Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. And on the day of Jesus's resurrection, um, he made five, um, well, at least five separate appearances. Um, Mark's gospel says that the first person that saw him was Mary Magdalene. Um, but Jesus also appeared to Peter. I mean, we know how close he was to Peter. Um, 
So he also, um, he, he had showed up to Peter and the two disciples that were walking on the road to Emmaus. Um, and later that day, um, the disciples, except for Thomas, um, because they were all gathered in the house of prayer. Now, eyewitness accounts of the Gospels provide that um, Christians believe that there is undeniable evidence um, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ did indeed happen. Now, I mean, we're two millennia after his death, and we haven't seen anything different. So, I mean, that's why I say that he was the first person to claim that he was the Messiah and actually pulled it off. Um, but you can find a more in-depth record of Sunday's events in Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 13, Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 14, Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 49, and John chapter 20, verses 1 through 23. Um, I did Google research on this. I used my Bible. I read through it. I tried to get familiar with what was happening, um, the people that were part of the scene, um, and all the things. I also, um, I, I took a lot of information from learnreligions.com. Um, this helped me to keep sequentially accurate. Um, because I will be totally honest with you. It can get really confusing switching from all the gospels, looking back and forth, back and forth, because there are some things said in some gospels and some things that aren't said in the other gospels and things might be in a different sequential order listed in that account. But you have to remember these were humans and this was a human account of what happened that week. Um, this is God ordained, um, scripture. I mean, we, we know that to be true. So please get in your Bible, do your own research. And, um, if you've never been familiar with Holy Week right now is the time and it's not too late. Um, we still have a couple more days in this Holy Week. And, um, this, this has been huge for my faith and this has been huge for my understanding of how significant Jesus's sacrifice was. I mean, I was raised Christian. I have dabbled in other religion um, to research and something that I thought might be more fitting for my life. And I've ultimately come to where I am based on my own research. So there's nothing like cracking open your Bible and doing your own research for yourself and not taking secondhand information. So that's all I've got, guys. Um, I just, I wanted to let you know that I've been quiet because I'm sorting through my own convictions with God this week. And I'm the kind of person where I will be still and try to sort that out before I'm trying to pour from an empty cup. Um, I have been praying that he takes the poison out of my cup and fills it with holy water so that way I can pour out to somebody else. Um, and if I wasn't honest about that, I don't think I would be doing this podcast the right way because I'm doing this for you. I'm not doing it for me. This takes me out of my comfort zone. It's not like it's my job. Um, and I'm exploring biblical concepts right along with you because if we're doing this together, then that gives us both the freedom to bring our messy and do life together. 
So I encourage you, crack open your Bible, give yourself some grace, and thank God deeply that he loved us enough to sacrifice his own son to save us because we are a very corrupt people. And if he loved us that much, we could only dream to be able to extend that kind of love to humans on this earth. And that is our greatest commandment is to love one another as Christ loves us. So enjoy your Easter weekend. I pray that you will learn what the true meaning is for this weekend. Um, And you'll raise your children up in the way they should go by knowing that this week is not just about the Easter bunny coming. It is about the sacrifice that Jesus made so that way we could have a chance at this life. So be well. I will see you next time. Um, And I promise you the next episode is Enneagram 7. We are going to get this wrapped up and we are going to move on to some more exciting information. Um, But until then, be well and uh, I'll stop rambling and I'll see you soon, friends.